Welcome to Wild and Exposed. Your number one adventure, nature, and outdoor photography podcast. Wild and Exposed is hosted by Michael Morrow, Ron Hayes, and Jason Lopez. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to another episode of Wild and Exposed podcast. We're going to continue on our family-focused, this time Father's Day episode of Wild and Exposed. And we've got a special treat for you, who I'll introduce in just a second. But first of all, I've got myself, Ron Hayes, and Jason Loftus. I'm coming to you from springtime snowy Wyoming. Jason is home in Utah. Jason, how's the weather over there? Yeah, it's about the same. Uh, we've been in the mid-80s for the last couple of days, and the temperatures just dropped today down to about the mid-60s, um, looking at kind of a chilly weekend. So it's been a pretty mild spring for us here. Uh, it's been kind of enjoyable, actually. So I was just telling our guests it was it was pretty close to 80 yesterday here as well. And then so I had all the windows cracked in the house. And then uh, it's dropped down to the mid-30s now, and it's snowing. I went to let the cat outside, and uh, he he doesn't eat birds, so no hate mail, please. So I let him let him out, and it's his big, wet spring flakes. And uh, he took two steps out, got hit in the head by a couple of those big, wet flakes, and turned around, came right back in. He was not having it. <laughs> so I can't believe it's 35 and snow and that's crazy. I know. Love it. It's supposed to get down to 25 tonight. So we have our uh, our father guest is Dan Lenhart from West Valley, Utah. Dan is a very prolific photographer. He's out and about. Spends as much time in Wyoming as I do, I think. <laughs> um, does, does like quite to. a quite a bit of photography and over on the west side of the state as well as in his home state of utah and among other places but the special the real special guest tonight is his daughter calla who is coming to us also from west valley calla how are you good just good is that we're gonna get just one word answers from you all night huh <laughs> No. So just a, a quick story. The first time I met Calla, so Dan and I were photographing the elk rut over in on in western Wyoming. And all of a sudden this short person came up and just started standing right next to us. And she had her camera also. And uh Dan introduced me and it was his daughter Calla who was out there shooting in the in the cold wind just like the rest of us. That morning we got some good, um, we, we had decent light, but uncooperative elk, as I recall that morning, got some silhouette shots early on and then the elk hit the timber pretty, pretty fast. But so Dan and Calla, welcome. Oh, thanks for having us. Yeah. Calla's going to be a talkative one. <laughs> yeah, I see that. We got, we got at least, an, we got another word there, so we're doing good. <laughs> no, we appreciate you guys having us on. Absolutely. It's it's our pleasure, our honor to have you guys on. And I'd love to see kids out in the field. And Calla's out there and shooting all the time, right alongside of, of her dad. And I think that's just the best way to spend your weekends, your weekdays, or whatever day it is. 
There's no better way to spend it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's fun. Fun having her out with. <laughs> so, Dan, first of all, we'll start with you because I know, I think I know at least part of this answer for Cala, but uh, how did you get yourself started in, in wildlife photography? Obviously, you're an outdoorsman. Yeah. How did you get your start with photography? Um, Hang on just a second before you answer that. There's a lot of um, background noise. Is there any way, because we can't take some of that out. Okay. Is there a door that can be closed or anything? So, yeah, I uh, I started uh, similar to to a lot of the, the people you've had on. Started out hunting and fishing, doing everything outdoors uh, that I possibly could. Um, I did a lot of duck hunting uh, when I was a teenager. And in order to keep duck hunting through the through the rest of the season or through the off season, I would take out uh, a camera, typically a, one of those crappy disposable point and shoots and think that I could get good images that way. <laughs> Obviously didn't turn out so well. Um, but my, uh, my dad had a, a film uh, camera that I tried playing around with a little bit. Um, and didn't do very good on that. Once digital came out, then I got a, a point and shoot. Tried to do the same thing, but the kind of the barrier of entry with uh, wildlife and needing that extra reach kind of kept me out of the out of the wildlife game for a while. Even once I got my first DSLR back in 2016. Um, I didn't have a long lens. I had a 300 and that was, that was about it. So I did what I could and mostly, mostly focused on landscapes at that point. Um, about a year later, I got a, a decent long lens and was able to put a little more effort into the, the wildlife aspect and, uh, landscape has kind of taken a far back seat now. <laughs> <laughs> As it, as it does. Yeah. 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 Wildlife's addicting. Yeah. And we've had some fantastic landscape photographers on the show, but it's it, basically, we have an opposite mindset with most of them. Uh, I think of Ryan Dyer. He's a, he's a great landscape photographer. He does have some wildlife shots and they're, they're great shots, but his, you know, he is a guy that'll, if he has an animal walk through his landscape shot, he'll take it. And if I have a landscape that happens to get in the way of my wildlife photo, that's, that's when I get a <laughs> landscape shot. Agreed. Yeah, so Agreed. It's almost the exact opposite. Yeah. There's no pausing for a landscape if there's wildlife to be had. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I know, you know, at this point, things are starting to pay for themselves. Um, but that's, you know, that's not a very long window. You and Jason got started similar time frame, right, Jason? Um, yeah, I think I may have. Yeah. When was, when was, what year did you get started, Dan, again? I got my first DSLR in 2016. Yeah. Yeah. So right about the same time frame. Yep. And obviously both of you have, I mean, it's like, like you've been doing it forever. Um, but Dan, you get some the thing that I like about your images and people have to go, we'll, we'll throw out your Instagram handle at the end of this. 
you have a very artistic eye. So you kind of look at it with, with the artist's eye first and, and then capture the animal that way. How did you develop that style? Um, I think a lot of it kind of came from, uh, not being able to get out as much as I would like to, as much as I may need to, in order to get the, the ideal image, um, or as many images say as I as I would like to, and so I uh, I worked on my editing a lot more. Tried to get uh, tried to get that dialed in so that I could make the most out of the images that I did capture. Um, try and get them to look the way that I envisioned. I think that shows. Did you have anybody that you mentored with on the editing side? Not necessarily. Um, I kind of look at a lot of different people's styles. Um, several people have mentioned looking at, at Jason's style and the, his uh, uh, light and shadows, the way that he plays with that. Um, I Lydia was on a while back and I kind of, you know, I talked to her quite a bit and um, get editing tips from her and vice versa. I give her tips and so I've got a few people that I that I talk to, and then I've I've uh, done a few Photoshop, um, I guess, tutorials uh, just through YouTube, and from a, a landscape photographer named Nick Page. I bought his uh, landscape tutorials once, um, just so I could learn some of the Photoshop techniques that he was using, you know, the dodging and burning and things like that. Right. When we, when we were first getting started, it was in the first season and we had Nick on the show and uh, he's, he's got a lot of good stuff for, for landscape photography. And then he does a good job teaching as well. Yeah. I really liked his teaching style and, and his editing style. So I learned a little, little bit from that tried to trans transition whatever landscape editing styles that I've been able to been able to learn, try and translate that over to my wildlife as well. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you find that pretty easy to do? Some of it? Yes. Um, most of it, uh, it, it took a little fiddling to, to make it work the way that I wanted some of the maybe light bleed, type of things or uh, Orton effect to try and blur out the background a little bit. Um, those came a little easier than say the dodging and burning side of things. Yeah. It's interesting. I've, I've done the same thing before, you know, bought some landscape um, uh, packages to learn, you know, styles and techniques. And, and I found that they, they pretty much translate. I mean, the techniques and the ideas translate over the wildlife stuff pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. But. Kala. How about you? How did you get started? Well, I I really I really just saw what my dad was taking pictures of, and I wanted to and I wanted to do it too. And uh, so when I started trying it out, I found that I really liked it, and so I I've just kept doing it. So that's a pretty simple explanation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Jason. I was just going to ask the same thing. Yeah, yeah, Cal. How how long have you been going out with your dad and taking photos? Uh, I think it was 2019. 
2020 really was i think she got her first camera in 2019 yeah yeah and that very cool that's probably when we ran into you wasn't it ron 2019 that fall yeah i think so that fall Mm -hmm. so she was busy shooting though already (laughs) she was i know that (laughs) (laughs) she was yeah she's had a lot of fun what do you like about it calla i i i kind of like the uh the thrill of trying to find uh the different the different animals and I also like how how hard it is to uh, to actually get the picture that you want and and everything. I, I just think it's really fun. So, Kala, just for the people that are listening, how old are you? I am twelve. I'm turning thirteen in uh, in a week. So you got started when you were ten or eleven. 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 That's awesome. And I'm looking through. I'm looking through your page as well. You've got everything from. Who taught you how to take a silhouette? <laughs> My dad. You've got silhouette shots. You've got front light, back light. You got a little bit of everything going on here already, and it's kind of making me feel bad. <laughs> making me feel like I should have started when I was eleven too. <laughs> The uh, the camera technology now is uh, significantly easier to to learn on than it was with the with the film. That's for sure. Yeah, and I just I mean we had a a great photography program in my high school, but I just had too many other things going on. I didn't I never took the time to learn. I have a, a good friend Sam Zerke sees Sam in the field every once in a while, and. Sam started almost right after high school. He's been doing it a long time and he's got a lot of published work and does, does some great stuff. But Sam took advantage of the opportunity that was out there. And I just, I didn't even see the opportunity until later on in life. So like, I guess like both of you guys. So how many, Kella, how many brothers and sisters do you have? I have two brothers and one sister. And do you have to fight them off of your camera, or do you just not let them touch it? Um, I just—I uh, don't think they don't really want to touch my camera or use it. <laughs> oh, really? Well, that's not a bad thing. My uh, my next oldest son, uh, Max, he he kind of started the uh, wanting to photograph with dad when I was doing more landscape stuff, mm-hmm. and so he's the one that that got the first real camera and then i think calla kind of noticed that and and she decided that she wanted something more than just the the fuji instax you know insta film camera <laughs> she wanted wanted a camera of her own so she paid for paid for half of her camera and how did you make all that money uh, i've been saving my money for a while Good. You should she, tell my tell my son how to do that. <laughs> she uh, she sells. Uh, she's been selling calendars the last couple of years too, and that's kind of helped helped awesome. her to save up some money. And she's been able to upgrade a couple couple camera bodies since then. So yeah. So you've already learned that there's no money to be made in wildlife photography because you just spend it all, right? <laughs> <laughs> all out the door as soon as we get it. <laughs> yeah. 
you've got, I think my favorite picture of yours is, is there's a moose shot, but you had, you have one real recently that uh, Jason, you and Jason were talking about a little bit before the show, a grizzly bear shot. Tell us about that. Dad went to Yellowstone, uh, not Yellowstone, sorry, Tetons, went to the Tetons and, um, and my, and the rest of the family decided to meet up with him, uh, that weekend. So we, so we drove up there and we went to Yellowstone, uh, to try and find bears and other cool animals that we could take pictures of. And, uh, and right, I think it was like almost right as we were starting to get ready to leave, uh, my grandpa spotted a spotted a big group of people who were looking at something and uh dad figured out that it was a grizzly bear and so we went down and took pictures of them uh they were too far away to get any good shots uh at that point and then uh they all uh that one left and then we found three others those guys all left but one of them came back out uh, a, a lot closer to us and mm. I was able to and right as dad looked away the bear turned to face us and I got the picture <laughs> so you didn't you didn't even be like dad 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 it came out hey dad you just went ahead and started taking shots yes but I also thought he was still taking pictures I, I didn't realize that oh. he had that he had left Nice. Hey, there's no there's no time to make sure everybody else is getting the picture. You just got to get it yourself, right? <laughs> just take the shot. Yeah. <laughs> so it was. No, I, it was. Go ahead, Dan. Sorry. I I was just saying I I had turned around to make sure the rest of the family was coming to see what what we were enjoying, and uh, just as I did that, the bear paused and looked right at Calla and she got the shot that I was waiting for. <laughs> And I did. Good thing somebody got it, huh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Taught her good. <laughs> she was prepared. <laughs> so, Cal, it looks like it was kind of starting to get dark. Uh, yeah, it was. So that's a that's a hard thing to learn is to make your adjustments after it starts to get dark. Did your dad teach yeah. you all that too? Uh, yeah, he he did. I'm always always getting after her about making sure her her settings are right before we even get started shooting yep yeah try and have her check her settings huh yeah i was just just telling jason before we started that i haven't really i haven't been able to get out much this spring it's been pretty crazy with the grandbaby and all the health stuff and and then uh a lot of stuff going on with work and that kind of thing so i haven't had opportunity to do a lot of wildlife work but i have been doing a lot of commercial work and we photographed this uh, baseball league. There were about 900 kids and my son came up and helped me with that. And now he's barking at me about settings and composition and making sure the labels right on the baseball bat before we take the picture. And yeah, I was definitely not living up to his standards apparently. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the little details that make a difference, isn't it? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I'm happy if you just get the shot. Working with wildlife. <laughs> yeah. 
wildlife, you get the fleeting moment. You don't have a chance to make sure they got their decals in the right position. Kella, what is your favorite animal? Um, I don't really have one. I like Excuse them me? all. Really? <laughs> all equally? Uh, I mean, there are a few that are that are higher up than others, but overall, I like them all equally. So, like robins, yeah. magpies. You get you, know, you like them as much as you do a great gray owl. No. Okay. That's why, oh, I said, okay. that's why I said there were some that were higher up than others. Okay. <laughs> so Jason asked. Uh, we had Lydia on a while back. You know her, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jason asked her if there was a great gray owl on this side of the road. And what was it? Grizzly bear on the other side? A grizzly. Yeah. Yeah. And let's just say there's a bobcat on the other side of the road. So this road has three sides. Which which one are you going to go after? The bobcat, because I haven't gotten a bobcat picture yet. Okay. We're starting to pick this thing nice. apart now. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Dan, have you done? Oh, oh you're sorry. pretty lucky go to ahead, get Jason. No, sorry, go. No, you're good. You're pretty lucky to get to spend that kind of time with your dad. Um, are you? I mean, that seems like a pretty cool way to spend some really good time with him. Is that something you enjoy about it too? Uh, yeah, I enjoy spending time with my dad. She says that now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll see when she just... turns thirteen. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I was just going to say that dad, the... your dad's lucky he gets to spend time with you now because it won't, it won't be long before there's other things pulling at your attention. That's the truth. <laughs> my, uh, my mom used to call when we turned to 10 to teenagers, she actually called us mean agers. Hmm. So we'll see how long this lasts. <laughs> you laugh now, but you'll be snarling in two years. <laughs> yeah, it won't be funny in two years. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> now, Dan, how about you? You, I mean, you do a a lot of photography in the Rocky Mountain West. Where are some of the other areas that you've been able to get out to? Uh, as far as wildlife, not much. Um, I have I have shot a little bit in Florida, Georgia, South Carolina. We did a family trip back there. Was able to shoot a little bit, um, but most of it's just been Utah, Colorado, Wyoming, Idaho, um, a little bit up in Oregon, but mm -hmm. that's that's been the majority of it. Yeah, I'm jealous of you guys that live over there in eastern Utah because you're you're actually closer to the Tetons and Yellowstone than I am in the east side it's of Wyoming. Not, it's not a bad run at all. No, four hours, four hours to Jackson. Mm -hmm. A little beyond that, maybe five to up into West Yellowstone. And for those of you that are listening and are familiar with it, the Wyoming Wildlife Magazine, you know, we've we've had them on. We've talked about their contests, but they also have that calendar contest. And Dan has a grizzly bear image that was on the cover of that this last year. And you had a couple different images in there, uh, but the the grizzly bear shot was it was a great shot, and it was one of those that I was talking about that, you know, very artistically done. You know, a lot of people have shots of grizzly bears, but you tend to find the you tend to find the shot 
that everybody's looking for within the opportunity. Yeah, that was kind of an interesting, an interesting shot. Um, and I was, I was kind of trying out a new style uh, with that image. And like you say, I kind of went a little more artistic with it than maybe I normally would. Um, but I, uh, I ran it past a few people and they really liked it. And so I, I kept it as it was. So just for everybody listening, it's, uh, you know, it's a pretty, it's, it's a really soft background, but the light I think is what makes it kind of stand out. You've got a couple different rays of light that are coming in, hitting the bear and, and you kind of played with some of those shadows too, uh, to distinguish it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I try not to, um, really create something that maybe wasn't there so mm-hmm. much as emphasize the existing atmosphere. That's kind of what I did there. It was kind of a rainy, drizzly, misty morning. Um, and so I kind of tried to emphasize that, that feel. Um, and the, the light definitely helped out that we had. The light didn't hurt Make at it. all. Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a very nice morning. It was pretty. Yeah. And that, that image too, uh, a little, little bit of background on it. I had, so grizzlies are kind of what really drew me into wanting to photograph wildlife. I'd seen grizzlies in the Tetons cause I work up there, um, a little bit and, uh, I always wanted to photograph them. So once I finally got a camera, I, that's, that's what I wanted to focus on. And I, uh, I'd kind of been skunked for a couple of years on getting any images. Went up there that spring and Lydia and I were riding together and just saw a few people on the side of the road and, and of course got my hopes up, got up there. And sure enough, there was these two, uh, sub adults, uh, three and a half year old bears that were hanging out together. And that was one of them that stood up and posed for me a couple times. So I was pretty excited. Got to love it when that happens. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you have light like that to work with. Exactly. Yeah. It was beautiful. It's always nice when the animals cooperate with the exactly. light. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> doesn't happen nearly enough. It really doesn't. People don't understand that. So, yeah, it's a, it is an amazing image. Thank I love you. It. Kala, I have a question for you. Yeah. You ready? I, I think so. It's going to be it's going to be kind of a hard one. So, what's your favorite photo you've taken so far? Oh, that is a hard one. <laughs> uh I'd probably say my grizzly bear photo right now. Yeah. How come? Um, I like it. I, that's my favorite one right now because uh, I I really like the pose that the bear is in, and uh, and uh, I also really liked um, uh, what I was doing while I was like I really liked taking that photo so. Um, yeah. Good. You know, it's interesting. I loved your answer, Calla, because you said my favorite photo right now. (laughs) Cause that, that does change for all of us. I think it really does. You know, I mean, 
I've had different images that I would say are my favorite images over the years, and it does change based on a lot of different things. So that's cool. Yeah. We've tried to. Dan, do you have a? Story? I say we've, we've tried to tried to get her grizzly pictures for the last last couple of years, but the the trips when I've seen them, she hasn't been able to make it, and so right, it was this was her first time getting the photograph grizzlies. So made it even more exciting. Wow, that's cool. Yep, it always does. I mean the one you have to the ones you have to work for a little harder always make a little bit nicer and sweeter when you get to Agreed. connect. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Dan, do you have a favorite image you've taken? That that's definitely a hard one. I uh you know you and I have <laughs> talked a little bit about uh, about elk. And I, I'd have to say one of my images from this last last rut um, got one of the big bulls from out in Colorado that's that's coming up out of the burnt timber and bugling right in my face. Uh, that's that's probably right near the top, and and uh, because of because of that experience and and shooting elk out there with you and Ben and, you know, everybody that we were shooting with, uh, elk are, are starting to push bears out as being my favorite subject to photograph. Uh -oh. <laughs> that, that was way too much fun. I love uh -oh. it. <laughs> so it's funny, huh? It's hard to explain to people, is. but I mean, what is it about the elk that's so exciting to you? It's the whole experience. You know, it's it's fun watching a bear, right? But that's that's what you're doing. You're watching it. Um, elk, the the whole um, it it kind of enhances all of your senses. You're picking up the sight. You're watching them running through the trees. You're watching them chasing the cows. Um, then you get to hear them bugle. You get to hear the cows chirping and doing their thing, um, and then and then if you're close enough, you get the smell as well. <laughs> that, yes, you do. That's kind of a you know it. It's not a it's not a uh, it's not a great smell, but it it kind of draws you in, and it's like it's kind of one of those uh, good stinks. <laughs> so yeah, it's, right. You know, I, I would I would beg to differ with you. I actually enjoy I, that smell a lot because it means I've grown to enjoy it as well. <laughs> right. As well, yeah, yeah. I was just walking through the trees the other day and kind of caught a whiff of something like that. I was like, "Hey, that smells like elk." <laughs> I recognize exactly. That smell. Yeah. So yeah, the oh, whole experience cool. of of being around elk it's just it's fun. You know, I grew up around the the largest the world's largest mineral hot spring, which is not located in Yellowstone. It's the same, um, it's the same, what, aqueduct, I guess you could say, the mineral water, but it's in Thermopolis, Wyoming. And everybody said Thermopolis stinks, but to me, every time I smell that, it just smells like home. And I can see the same thing for elk. When you get into this real stanky, like close to a wallow elky area, and you smell that it just it just smells like home it smells like you're you know back at home in the woods and that's kind of what i associate it with and it's you know it's different for everybody of course but some people don't like it it's a little too sour but i uh i sure feel like i'm at home when i'm out there so
that's that's the smell of fall yeah. to me. Yeah. You know? I mean, just. Agreed. Yeah. Get that I... nice crispness of the fall and then get some elk wallow on top of it and it's icing on the cake. <laughs> <laughs> Being kind of where I live, Dan, I live in the, uh, the jackalope center of the country. We, this is where Why jackalopes were first discovered. And I, I was looking through your feed and I see you have a picture of a cottontail jackalope. How'd you come about <laughs> that? Skills, skills. I, uh, a lot of studying, a lot of, uh, a lot of looking up, uh, researching things like that, trying to make it, yeah. make it look, uh, the way that it should. <laughs> Yeah, it's, and, uh, it's surprising. Enough, I mean, found it in my yard. Yeah, <laughs> most of those, most of the rabbits that we see around here are are does. We don't see a lot of bucks, so it's it's nice to be able to catch one. Most of the bucks around here are completely nocturnal. You're never going to get them in the light. So I'm I'm glad you're able to do that. He wasn't Cal- a big buck, but I'll take no. He's <laughs> just a young guy, but yeah, got to go with what you got. <laughs> <laughs> Cal, what are you giggling about? Yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think she's in on this one. It might have helped. Is that the case? Did you help? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was uh they had the Wyoming Outdoor Expo. And I did a booth on wildlife photography. They had booths on everything. And they bring, oh, I think there was about 40 different schools that came through there. And um, so it was fun to visit with these kids. But in like fourth grade in Wyoming, you're required to take Wyoming history. And so I was throwing out trivia questions. And one of the trivia questions was, what is Wyoming state mythological creature? And you nailed him. You got it. He's in the feed. It's not a myth anymore. It's I've not got, a myth I've anymore. Photographic proof. <laughs> yeah, my. It's yeah, I know. It's not even like a Bigfoot shot. My goal is to get them during the rut. I want to get a little, get some action shots. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, get we'll see what happens this fall. Yeah. It takes a bit to get those ears out of the way so they don't get skewered. Right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> see a see a jackalope's ears laid back. You better watch out because they're fast and and pointy. It's getting ready to charge. <laughs> yeah, getting the tackles raised, and they can jump pretty far. Yeah. <laughs> so, too funny. We've covered your favorite images, but Cal, I'm going to hit you with this one first. What's your favorite ever outdoor experience? And it doesn't have to be with a camera in your hand. It can be anything outdoors. Um, probably my favorite outdoor experience was probably the. T- I, I it was like last year. Um, it, I we had gone to go like I guess uh, find these uh, out, find these owls these flammulated owls I think they were um, to to. Uh, Band that to band them and um, uh, and see if they had any babies that were old enough to uh, well to be 
to be banded as well. And um, uh, and I got to hold the, the female and let it go. So that was really fun. <laughs> That's awesome. You've held one and I still haven't ever seen one. <laughs> so how you like them yeah. apples? Same. <laughs> I've, uh, I've got a friend that was a, um, he was involved quite heavily with the birding community. And so he was friends with this biologist that comes down to Utah every year and studies the flammulated owls. And so he asked if we wanted to go with them one evening and we got to go out and find, find a nest. They knew where the nest was. We got to go and check it out and caught the caught mom and dad and banded them and got all of the measurements that they needed for the study saw that there were some babies in the nest and so it was a lot of fun so were the yeah, we'll yeah for sure no doubt were the babies old enough to band or are they still too small no they were they were too small there was one still in an egg oh really they so don't caught them hatch for a couple of days. Yeah, I was going to say, caught them just in time or just right after. Yeah, it was kind of an interesting learning experience They uh, to see the, the two that were already hatched and then one still in the egg. The uh, biologist said that they will often do that. They'll have kind of a, a late hatch egg so that uh, in case there's not enough food, it's kind of the runt of the family. They... They uh, will feed the two older, healthier chicks, and and kind of that third one is a is a bit of a fail safe if, if there's not enough food. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. How about for you, Dan? Yeah, you know you're next, Dan. So, <laughs> so I've I've got a couple if I can. There's uh, one with Calla and then one without. One one that. One that made Calla cry afterwards and one that didn't. <laughs> so the one the one with Calla was uh, was that same fall that uh, that we ran into you, Ron, up in Teton. We uh, uh, we were sitting over on Moose Wilson watching some watching some bears. Uh, just a black bear had come through and uh, we had heard that there was a great gray somewhere in the area. Um, and we were just kind of waiting around for, for bears to leave so that we could try and go look for it without, without disturbing these bears or without getting too close to them coming across them when we didn't want to. Um, and we were just, just getting clear of the one bear jam and heard there was another one up from us. Uh, but we didn't know where this bear was. We're standing around waiting and talking, and then we heard kind of some crashing in the trees just across the street from us. And uh, all of a sudden, this bear pops out, kind of looks around, and and usually the uh, the bears seem to stop right at the road, and they'll look, and they'll kind of decide which way they're going to go. This one didn't. It ran right out in the road, right towards us. Um Calla was uh, <laughs> Calla was the only one that either either had sense enough or no sense at all to keep 
to just be shooting this bear as it's running right towards us. The rest of us are trying to back up to get out of the bear's way, and Cal is just sitting there shooting. And <laughs> and I actually had to grab her jacket and pull her back to get her out of the way, but this bear just ran right past us, and Cal kept shooting. She's the only one that got shots of it. <laughs> it was pretty funny. She didn't didn't quite know what to do, but... She was having fun shooting. <laughs> I think we might have a bear guide in the making. <laughs> I really didn't know what to do. I, I, I didn't know if I should back away if I, or if I should take pictures. So I just stood there. And well, if it pictures. gets if it gets dangerous, you know, Dad's going to get you, right? <laughs> so yeah. you might as well keep shooting. You did the just right thing. Just keep shooting. I'll cover you. <laughs> <laughs> So after that, we actually did go and find the owl and had a really good shoot there too. So, yeah, I was going to comment on that. Cal is making me a little jealous of some of these great gray images she has. I've only ever photographed one great yeah, gray. Me too. The the other one that I was much closer to, my son, it was on his side, and the deal's always if it's on his side he shoots. If it's on my side, I shoot. So he got it. I didn't. That was that was one of the best great gray shoots I've had. Gave us a lot of different poses and having Kala there and experiencing it as well was a lot of fun. So Jason, you said you've only had one? Um, I've had a couple of encounters. Um my very first encounter was was pretty cool and I was not the kind of photographer I needed to be to be able to take advantage of the opportunity. Um, you know, still got a couple cool images. Um, and then recently I got a, a, a brief encounter again, but they're high on my list. The great grays are just a beautiful bird and, and they're, you know, they're, they're very used to people. They're not afraid of people. Um, I wouldn't say habituated. They're just not afraid of people. I mean, I've, we've all seen the images I think of where they'll actually land on people's tripods, cameras, their heads. Um, if they, if they feel like that's a place where they can actually get a better vantage point and, and continue to hunt. So, um, I just, they're, I think they're incredible and I, they're high on my list for, you know, wanting to have an encounter like Dan's mentioning. So. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. They're, they're a cool bird. Get to spend some time with. Yeah. So, but, uh, my, my other favorite outdoor photography experience was uh it was december of 2020 um uh, i'm gonna mention lydia again she's she's always out um she's always looking for things and she happened to be up looking for some pygmy owls mm -hmm. and randomly came across some bobcats oh yeah um, and I've she, seen this. <laughs> she she was able to, you know, just snap a couple photos. She went up a couple days later, saw them again, was able to get some even better photos. And, and so that, that got me itching. I ran up there. I happened to be working down in the area and ran up one evening. Spent some time looking all over the place. I was tracking these, these cats all over the place, saw fresh tracks, but wasn't seeing anything. Lydia came up and she was helping me look around and uh, we were just 
talking, getting ready to leave, and I caught movement out of the corner of my eye. Looked over, and uh, and here comes here comes Mom Bobcat up and onto the trail. Just kind of stops, looks around, and then here comes the the two kittens uh, back behind her. And at that point, I I kind of lost it and <laughs> was pretty pretty excited. We uh, we kind of tracked them as they as they wandered through the field, and then they wandered up next to the road where uh, they had been a couple days before for Lydia. And there was a uh, a raccoon carcass that they had been feeding on, uh, just a roadkill carcass. We got up there and we were able to approach a little bit, kind of sat there and waited. And then they approached us to feed on this carcass. And we ended up spending an hour and a half sitting with this uh, family of three bobcats. Um, you know, at one point there was uh, maybe 10 feet between us. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, uh, you know, they sat there and ate and then mom went back and fell asleep and the kittens just continued to play around and, and eat on the carcass for a while too. So that was pretty, pretty incredible experience. Yeah, I can. Now, is that the one that made you emotional? It was. <laughs> yeah. That made, that made Calla emotional when I got home and told her what I got. <laughs> yeah, She was. Yeah, were she... you were you mad at him for not taking you with? I was very mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of the, one of those times where it was just a a quick run up while I was working, and so she mm. she was still in school when I started up that way. Unfortunately, would have been fun to have her with. Yeah, it happens. Bobcats are. We were the Thermopolis Bobcats where I grew up. That was our high school mascot. So to get in any images of a Bobcat, my mom always wants them. You know, your mom wants to buy or she, she's your biggest fan usually. Right. right. Except for you, Cal, you, your dad might be, I don't know. <laughs> but In this case, in the photography <laughs> case, yes. <laughs> but she always wants Bobcat images, but I, I love them too. They're, really cool animals, super curious. And usually you can, you can get, if you wait long enough, if you find them, you can get some decent action out of them once they start to feel comfortable with you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I only wish it was earlier in the day. We, we shot until we ran out of light and just couldn't shoot anymore. Yeah. And then, uh, but yeah, they're, they're just so, so rare to come across and so rare to get, get any any shots close up to them it was was pretty incredible Mm -hmm. awesome those are two pretty good stories yeah i kind of had a feeling that yeah i kind (laughs) of had a feeling that might be your your fave that's yeah yeah for sure (laughs) had a lot of cool experiences but that was that was something special so dan i got a question for you now that you've 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 ventured away from landscape some. You've been chasing some wildlife. You're really liking the wildlife. Um, is there is there a, a species or a location that you're really aching to get to that's kind of high on your list? 
I'd say the very top of my list would be the Great Bear Rainforest to get some spirit bears. Um, cost will... <laughs> Cal agrees. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a pretty expensive place to try and get to. Uh, mm-hmm. So as far as, as far as that goes, I'd say most reasonable uh, place I want to get to is Alaska. Yeah, got to get got to get up there soon. <laughs> Alaska's yeah, really reasonable, and there's, yeah, Ron there's always, so much up there that you can do. It's just right. insane, and you you know you sleep in your vehicle and just do it on the cheap. But the Great Bear Rainforest, I can't, I can't disagree with you there. That's somebody was just asking me the other day: Is it polar bears is at the top? Now, spirit bears would definitely be the number one. We might have to do a wild and exposed trip now that things yeah. are starting to open back up. I'm there. <laughs> I'm yeah. there. Yeah, it's it's such a cool uh, place too. Like the terrain is that uh, that temperate rainforest. Um, mm-hmm. You know, moss on all the logs, and to get them fishing too would be spectacular. Yeah, um, yeah but then you put a white bear against that green background. Holy yeah. Moly. Yeah, such such a cool place. Mm-hmm. You know, the only problem with Alaska is that I'm afraid if you get up there first, you know, Ron talks about all the time, you're just going to be wanting to figure out when you can get back to Alaska again, and it might put a damper on getting back to some of these <laughs> That's places, the truth. You know, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like Ron said, there's so much up there to see. You know, bears are at the top of the list to see up there for yeah. me, but uh, I'd love to see caribou. I'd love to see the muskox polar bears, you know, the, the massive Yukon moose, mm-hmm. um, you know, moose are, are one of my favorite things to photograph as well. And those things are just enormous. I'd love to see them in person. You're starting to sound like Cala. You have a lot of favorites. Yep. <laughs> I do. <laughs> 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 although, although big, Big animals have definitely become my my favorite. Yeah, you know, uh huh. Ungulates, ungulates and, yeah. and then bears, but but yeah, the big. Sure. I started out shooting a lot of birds again because of the accessibility. Um, you know, there's there's birds everywhere, so trying to get out and and shoot anything and everything, I was getting into birds a lot. But I found the uh, the the thrill of shooting a bird isn't quite what it is shooting a elk or a big moose or, or bear or something like that. So it's kind of drawn me away from birds as well. Yeah. Birds are nice. It's nice to be somewhere where that's not all we have to photograph, right? We've got so many options in the mountain West that um, the, the opportunities just kind of, run over it's just well what do we do today but birds are a good filler birds are good targets of opportunity and and they are good fillers for your time those times of the year Mm -hmm. when everything else is slow so well Kala looks like she's about to fall asleep (laughs) either that or we're just really boring i don't know (laughs) gotta make her talk more yeah Oh, it's funny. I can talk about it all day. Never get bored. 
yeah, it's a, you know, you find something you're passionate about. And Callie, you're lucky that you're finding it at a young age because it, it took me a long time to get it figured out. So I'm, I'm glad to see you out there in the field. I'm glad to see your, your pictures when they come up and glad your dad gets to spend that time with you too. That's, that's awesome. You don't have to say anything. It's okay. No, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> That's okay too. Um, you know what you can tell us. I was Kelly. just going to say oh, sorry, I'm, I'm proud of how how much she's grabbed onto it and how much she's learning. Um, how well she's learning it. Yeah, she's she's definitely getting getting good at at seeing what makes a good image and. Mm-hmm getting good at capturing it. Being nature and wildlife photographers, we all end up off the grid at some point. And we just picked up a new sponsor here at Wildland Exposed. It's Zolio, and they offer a satellite texting device. It's a reasonable cost, and the service is pretty reasonable, and you can buy different plans. The three plans that they offer is they have a $20 plan that basically gives you 25 messages through the course of a month. They also have a medium range plan, which is 250 messages for $35 a month. And lastly, they have the unlimited plan, which is what I use. It's $50 and and unlimited messages. Ron, Jason, and myself have been using it for about a month. Actually, I've been using it for almost a year now, and it's been very helpful because I end up shooting in places off the grid a lot. And it's just nice to be able to contact family and just let them know, hey, I'm okay. Shoot's going well having a good time see you soon one of the best things about this device is it has an SOS feature so if you get into trouble and you are off the grid you can still reach help it's super simple to use you basically just use an app on your phone which connects to the Zolio device and at that point it's really just like text messaging only you're doing it through the Zolio app it's two-way so you can send a message out and somebody can send a message back to learn more about the Zolio device, go to our website, click on the sponsors link, which is at wildandexposed.com. At the top, you'll see sponsors. Click on that. You will see a link that goes right to the Zolio website to learn more. And then you can also check out the partner deals that we have. We have an affiliate program with them, which we will get a percentage of every sale of every device. So you can buy that right from that link on that page. And then also when you set up service on the device, they will waive the $20 activation fee if you use a code when you set up your device. And that code is wild exposed, W-I-L-D-E-X-P-O-S-E-D. So when you set up your device, you enter that code, the $20 activation fee is waived and you'll be on your way. I'll tell you a quick story. We, uh, I, cause Dan lives fairly close to where I live and uh, we're in the same general area. So Dan and I have become pretty good friends over the last few years, and um, we get the chance to get out and shoot every now and then together. Um, we've even made a couple crazy runs up to the Tetons and stuff too. So, um, and on a couple of those times, Cal has been um, tagging along, surprisingly enough. And <laughs> she, uh, we were, we were out looking for some ducks and some different things to shoot one morning, and um, Cal was with us and. We were cruising along and we saw this egret that just the snowy that just kept giving us the slip. And so we pulled up to this one side and all of a sudden I heard my door back door open. And next thing I know, Calla was out down on the ground behind the car and taking advantage of the car as a blind and 
took the couple of really quick shots before the egret flew away and ended up nailing a really, really neat shot of this egret. And Dan and I both were left without <laughs> taking a shot at all, but she was, she definitely has an eye for it and kind of already is figuring out how to approach them and how to, you know, try to be sneaky or, you know, try to use different things to her advantage to try to get the shot she's looking for. So that was pretty, it was pretty fun to be a part of that and to see her, you know, getting out and getting after it. And uh, I think she's probably pretty grateful to her dad for, you know, taking her out there and having those experiences and teaching her and that stuff too. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's fun to discuss it after we've been out, you know, cause very few of her friends in school have, have seen some of the animals that we've been able to be in, in fairly close range to and spend quality time with, um, you know, it, it's just something special that, that many of our friends will never get the experience to, to enjoy. Yeah. So absolutely. I, I don't really, I don't really think any of my so friends Kelly. really care about, <laughs> about it. <laughs> You know what? You say that, but you might be surprised. You know, I bet you if they were to see your photos and to hear about some of your stories, I bet you'd be surprised. They'd be pretty uh, pretty jealous that you're getting to have these experiences. I know one of them just likes to hang out inside and play video games all day, so. (laughs) (laughs) I know that that kid also. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I was just going to say, Kelly's got her. You never have to worry about what to talk about for a class speech. You've got all those all those stories already starting oh, to no build kidding. up. You'll never have to be concerned about it. You won't even have to write it down. You just get up there and start talking. Throw us PowerPoint up of a couple of your images and tell a story. Here's I set. actually <laughs> did that about my about one of my first Teton trips that I took with my dad to take pictures. Um uh, and I, I presented it in my uh, yeah, uh, English class uh, last year, and I really enjoyed it, uh, even though, like, most of the class seemed really bored. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. You knew it was, you knew the excitement behind it. That's all that matters. I don't think there's enough kids that really understand the, the importance of being connected to the wild you know, that we, that we have, right. that we have grown up with. They don't, it's getting to be rarer and rarer in today's environment for kids to even get the opportunity. Agreed. Know, so. And in a time where we've got more people concerned about quote unquote, the environment, less and less of them really know what that means and really know how everything intertwines and works together. And so I, you know, I think right. that in a time where, where people have those concerns, you would think that it would be just the opposite. People would be learning more, but that's in fact, definitely not the case. So I'm glad to see, I'm always glad to see kids out in the field and mm-hmm. uh, no matter what it is, even yep. if it's just out looking for, looking for fish or looking for snakes or snails or frogs or whatever the case may be, it doesn't matter as long as they're out there. There's so much to be learned Agreed. from just how everything works together. Kala, too, what's really cool is that you could think about this. Like Iran mentioned he wished that he was able to find photography of this passion 
you know, way younger when I wish I'd have been able to find it when I was 12 years old, 11 years old. I mean, it's, this is literally when I started to get into this, it literally changed my life, you know? And, um, I tell you what, you've got some things to think about because there's a lot of ways you could take this as a potential career. Um, even if it's just for awareness and storytelling and conservation and, you know, getting that message out to people that don't get the chance to experience the things that you get to experience, you know? So, Something to think about for sure, especially with as young as you are and as good as a photographer as you are already. Yeah, uh, so. I know. I, I know for sure that I want to tr- uh, be some sort of biologist. So I was thinking that I could use photography to try to help me study the different animals and uh, in concert and in cons. Oh, I can't speak today. <laughs> conserve. Uh, cons- yeah. Con- yeah, conserve. Yeah. You're okay. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah, that's way cool. Wow. I wish I'd have known that much <laughs> about my career when I was 11 or 12. Yeah. Uh, so, Calla, where can people um, see your photos? On my on my Instagram page. Um, my, yeah. Uh, my Instagram is Calla underscore photos. Yeah. Calla with two L's. Yeah. K-A-L-L-A. Yeah. <laughs> No, you're fine. You're and then fine. Dan. Yeah, that's awesome. Great. Yep. Go check him out. Sorry, Ron. Go check him out for sure, you guys. Go support go support Kala and um, go check out the cool photos that she has. She, she does she does great work. She definitely does. She's got some fun some fun images. And Dan, how about she you? Does. Where can people find your work? Uh Instagram, Dan Lynn Photo. Uh I'm on Facebook a little bit here and there. Um, and then my website, uh, just D Linhart photography.com, uh, are the best places. You can also find him a lot of times in Wyoming wildlife magazine or, <laughs> or the calendar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or in the calendar. Yeah. A little bit here and there. Yeah. So Dan's already also been doing, uh, some stickers and stuff made from his images, which is kind of fun too. So. I think there's a yeah yeah. Uh, if you just hit the link in my in my Instagram, um, that'll take you to a link tree where you can either go to my website or you can go to the site where my my stickers are. So they're kind of fun to make. Cool. <laughs> so I don't make anything yeah. on them, but they're they're fun to make and it's fun to see them on cars and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. So if uh, people wanted to support Cala. When her calendars come out this year, will they be able to see those on yeah. Instagram page? Yeah, we usually announce it uh, both on Instagram and Facebook, trying to get the word out that she's selling them again. You got enough images already, Cal, or uh, you got I, more to create? I got, I got enough images to, to put together a calendar, but I want to I wanna get some more photos. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> I got to get her out for the elk rut this year. <laughs> oh, boy. So. <laughs> Very cool. Get out yeah, to the Elkra again, right? Again, yes. Yeah. When she can actually yes. get some elk images. Yeah. <laughs> that that Elkra was a little slow. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, I had good, you know, most people head south and that's fine. I'll, I'll go a little bit further north. I had a good year uh, further north this year. So we'll, we'll, nice. we'll talk later. Maybe meet you guys up there or something. Yeah, yeah, okay. for sure. We need to. 
Well, thank you guys very much for, for coming on. I think as you, as you could hear throughout the podcast, the Landhearts have a very busy household. And so we really appreciate you <laughs> Sorry guys. for the extra noise. <laughs> no, the extra noise is good. That just means that there's another generation of photographers coming up and, and Kala, thank you for coming on. I know, you know, we had to kind of get you out of the shyness there a little bit, but you did a great job and it was, it was fun to have you on and get your perspective. And it's fun to see you spending time with your dad out there in the field and, and learning everything that you've already had the opportunity to learn and I'm sure there'll be more to come. And thank you all for listening to this father's day edition of wild and exposed podcast. You've been listening to the Wild and Exposed podcast. If you haven't yet, please give us a rating and a review. And make sure you're subscribed so that you'll get every episode we produce as soon as we drop it. And as always, thanks for tuning in. We're gonna make it someday. Nothing's gonna get in our way. We will be the biggest band in town.